When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five... Four, three, two, Jeff Cameron Show, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Hope your weekend was grand. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. Tom is here somewhere. We'll get him gathered around here at some point um, as he's on, well, not remote, but participating from the hizzy today. And uh, in the meantime, Director Matthew is running around getting us organized. Now, away we go for what I think at the very least, is our uh, radio and YouTube audience. I think that's right. I think we're getting gathered. It's going to be a busy week. going to be a fun week. It was a busy weekend. Unfortunately, part of that weekend um, involves the further decline, or evidence of the further decline, the fall of what is a baseball program uh, that resembles, unlike really any any. Any team I've seen, Florida State Field, and whether, you know, I go back to talking about the early 90s, sitting in the stands and doing homework, all the way through, um, you know, the current time, last year and year before and all that. And, um, golly, it, it'll hurt your feelings. One thing I can't do, and some of you might be able to, and this is a, a fault of mine. I don't know. Can you do it? Can you guys do it when it's – um when it's your football team, your pro football team, maybe it's just collegiately I can't do it. Um, but a lot of people I know will say when they come to a resounding conclusion, when they recognize that something has revealed itself to you, that it is um, the the very their very nature. It's what they are, right? So in this case, that's a bad baseball team. 
it's a really bad baseball team. It doesn't you don't even have to to really like delve into the numbers. If you just kind of take a cursory glance and watch them play a little bit, the numbers do bear it out by the way. The numbers tell you they are, but when you watch them, even if you don't look into the strikeout to walk ratio, even if you don't look into the team foibles involving pitching, starting or otherwise, even if you don't look into the defensive metrics, even if you know, if you just watch a couple of innings, you'd say, yeah, man, this team sucks. They're not very good. And in baseball, a lot of times, I would never tell you to watch that small a sample size. But that's how evident it is when you watch this team. That's how obvious it is when you watch this team. It's just so overwhelmingly putrid that you can't, you know, like a lot of times you want to hang your hat on something. You want to be able to look at an element of this thing that you love, that you're passionate about, that you can at least say, well, this is good. They do this well. Nope. Nothing. What is it you say you do here? is the best way to describe this baseball team. And I hate to sound like a broken record during a nine-game, what is it, nine-game losing streak? I'm losing track. They're all just, it's like interstate out in the middle of nowhere. Scenery's the same, just passing me by. Whole bunch of, it's like when you get into Texas and you're driving. The first time you ever make that drive, and for those that never have driven all the way through Texas, You should do it once in your lifetime, just the once. Because when you do, you're reminded like, holy moly, this is a big country. And that is a really big state. But a lot of that state is a whole lot of nothing. And you just drive and drive and drive. And you're like, yep, yep, much of the same. All right, here's more of the same. Yep, there's a coyote. That's right. Look at that. There's a tumbleweed. Mm, a tumbleweed and another one and we're driving and oh by the way we've got 800 miles to go and we'll still be in texas that's florida state baseball another inning there we are we're just wa- oh look at that a booted ball at third how about that that kid's gonna be safe on a ground ball to third one hop to the glove oh there's a pop fly out to the left that'll get us out of the inning minimal damage routine pop fly Oh, he dropped it. He dropped a can of corn, a can of corn out and left. And look at that. It's a merry-go-round. They're all going to score. All right, there we go. Instead of two to nothing, it's now five to nothing. Oh, isn't that great? That's probably not going to overcome that. Probably not going to overcome that. And just more of the scenery. But I can't take my eyes away from it. I keep watching it. And I know that I sound like a broken record. But they're getting, I guess they're getting worse. That'll happen when you lose confidence. That'll happen as you begin to see the writing on the wall. We're not good. We're not going to be good. Oh, there's another mistake. I'm glad that Link is, it's seemingly just based on the evidence yesterday, is going young. But what a shame it is for year number one You think about the enthusiasm, you think about the excitement, you think about the joy of him coming in, uh, one of our own coming home, right? And a guy that had overwhelming evidence uh, that he could coach, and I still think he can. That's not at play here. That's not in the discussion right now. But 
this is a rebuild. This is a redo. This is a, I got to get my own guys in here. This has got to get a lot better. I'm going to play the young guys. We're going to go through pain. We're going to have to deal with it. And that all, that, you know, that's what it is. It's hard to watch, though. It's the kind of play that would drive a man to drink. Now, I'm not saying I did over the weekend. I'm saying that if you were watching and you weren't a drinker, you'd be, you know, you would have, you know, you would, you'd think maybe I should open that bottle. There's not a singing, single redeeming aspect to the team. So that's what you got. Our finals set for tonight. And I listen, the matchup, okay, good. UConn beat Miami. That's all that really mattered over the weekend. That's really more than anything else. You had to have UConn beat Miami. We all knew that. Collectively, we joined with all of our negativity towards Miami and our positive thoughts in the moment for a program I don't even care about. In fact, I don't like Hurley and I don't like UConn. But man, was I waving that UConn flag. That had to happen or this weekend would have been disastrous. I mean, can you imagine? Thank goodness. So it did. It, you know, it happened. They dominated that game. It was, you know, a lesson in size uh, and rim protection. You know, you think about what happened with that game, and, and Miami does such a good job, and they did. I can compliment a team that, that they were this year. Their offense was very, very good this year. Their guards could blow past easily, create good shots, but they got held down and dominated in that basketball game because every time they did get kind of funneled toward the basket, their shot was either severely altered or blocked, and uh, they really you didn't. You, that's the that there it is. Big men. It helps to have them. Talented, athletic, strong big men. It's a good idea. And at the end of the day. UConn has kind of dominated this tournament. One would think it's theirs for tonight. San Diego State hits the game winner against FAU. I got to confess, I really wanted FAU to win. Kudos to the kid who on the bounce creates the shot uh, and gets the win. But I would also note, if you think about how that game went, that was something to behold, wasn't it? FAU dominates that game for much of it. And then you get that final nine and a half minutes or so. San Diego State outscores FAU 23 to nine during that stretch to tie it up at 65 all with what, 424. That's when it all shifted. And then we were holding on for dear life. And FAU, I would have loved to have said FSU, you know, ended up having a two- or three-point lead, one-possession lead, all the way through to the very end after that moment in which they were tied, and you're in the final 30 seconds. And, um, you know, it's you watch the, the San Diego State kid get the rebound. Uh, they don't have their best scorers in the game. You think they're going to call timeout, uh, but they don't. They don't burn the timeout. Lamont Butler drives up that right side, and it's a really great move, a wonderful offensive move. It's, it's, you know, he gathers, freezes, that hard step, jump to the left, release, splash, drawers, good night, thanks for playing, peace FAU. The shocked look on the faces of those watching the ending of that game, I felt for him. So San Diego State 72-71, 
Their only lead of the second half is that jumper to win the game. In some ways, watching Florida State get swept off the diamond this weekend by an arch rival for the first time in over two decades and to have that beating be so uh, dismissive of what we are as a program was easier to stomach than had that been FSU in the Final Four watching that guy make that shot and that be the only time you trailed. Whoo! Hurt feelings. Especially with the way that FAU controlled the tempo of that game, uh, especially the start of that game. I think at one point, wasn't it uh, 56-42? A 14-point lead? You thought, they're going to the finals. They're going to the finals. But alas, an interesting finals. Now, here's the shame of it. I had to double-check this. I put it on my little sheet of paper here to make mention. I'm officially old. This is no good. 9.20 p.m. What are we doing here? We're tipping a game at 9.20 p.m.? It started at midnight. Who the hell cares at this point? What are you doing? 9.20 p.m. So, I don't know, man. I'm starting to be like uh, Tony Kornheiser, I think. I think Kornheiser is like famous for going to bed at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., Everybody's like, well, you didn't see the game, but he gets up at five and watches it while everybody or the rest of the world sleeps. That's going to be me. I'm not going to see the second half of this game tonight. There's no chance. I can't do it. Nine o'clock hits. I'm like, what are we doing, everybody? It is awfully late. Guys, I'm going to, sh- my kids look at me. All right, boys, time to shut it down. This happened last night. I cooked for the family as I'm wont to do. I know, Life Spectator, it's nonsense. It's never okay to tip at 9.20. But here's the thing. Obviously, 27-year-old me didn't care. 51-year-old me says this is a travesty. <laughs> but that said, I cooked for everybody last night. I was proud of myself. It was a grilling effort. We had everything you could want. Kids loved it. It was beautiful. Finish up the food. And I'm feeling really, really, I don't know, in a family mood. I go, hey, guys, who wants to go out for ice cream? Of course, my kids. Oh, let's go. Let's go. My wife looks at me. All right. So we, go, we all go as a family for ice cream. We eat the ice cream. It's gluttonous. It was a gluttonous deal. Big meal followed by ice cream. We get done. We're driving back. Of course, belly's full. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. Well, or soon. It's going to be bed soon. So we get home. It's like 8 o'clock. Rice looks at me. I'm shutting it down. I'm closing the curtains. I let the dog out one last time. I'm grabbing my big glass of water that I keep on the nightstand next to the bed in case you wake up with, like, cramps in your calves. Can't have it. I'm all, he goes, what are you doing? It's 8 o'clock. Well, oh, it's late. It's feel, we got a big week. We got a big week. No, we don't. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything. What are you talking about? You got school. I've got, it's a big week. I sound like my dad. I sound like an ancient man. You got to get your rest. Everybody, you got to get, I remember hearing that as a kid. (laughs) I'd look at my dad back in the day. Got to get your rest. It's 8.07 PM. It's still light outside. (laughs) There are kids playing in the neighborhood. The ice cream truck is playing. What are we doing? That was me. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know. Getting awfully late. Let's shut these curtains. What do we? 
Is the dog gone out? Everybody got their lunchbox out here for the morning? <laughs> it's freaking 9.20. How am I going to make tonight's tip? I'll make it, and I'll watch it. And if it's good, they'll drag me to stay up, and I'll stay up because I'm not going to go to bed in the middle of a national championship game if it's good. So can UConn just go ahead and dominate? I'll call it a day, although I want San Diego State to win. Florida State played football. They had a scrimmage over the weekend. And here's the shocker. Jordan Travis whooped ass because that's who he does. That's what he does. That's who he is. And what he does is a better way of phrasing that. I'll touch on that and some of the results in a moment. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 see this ancient river 
Jeff Cameron Show on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and, of course, War Chant TV. Don't forget, if you're uh, watching here, to subscribe to WarChant.com. Go get your go get your subscription going on WarChant.com. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. WarChant TV, make sure you do that. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And away we go in our discussion of the scrimmage. Very quickly, I want to note here about the scrimmage, and, of course, the press, we're not allowed to be there for the scrimmage. Nobody saw the scrimmage. Uh, well, somebody did, but I did not see the scrimmage, and we were not supposed to have seen the scrimmage. So we have to rely on, again, what the coaches are saying. And, again, this is a group that's a lot easier to, uh, I guess, take at face value because, again, their policy is openness. Uh, they're not going to tell you about something that seems in- incredibly improbable because they're trying to motivate somebody. Since we saw all the practices leading up to the scrimmage, if some dude has been awful all along, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, what? it's crazy. You should have seen Tate. He looked like Joe Montana. Like you would, you would, well, really, hmm, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he did. I'm not sure I believe you. Maybe he did. Perhaps. Perhaps that's true, but I'm not sure I'm buying that one. So they don't do that. They're pretty good about that. They don't try to, you know. So I do trust for the most part. Now, I also understand every coaching staff, every coach individually will say certain things in in an interview setting in which they know if the press wasn't there, they have an opportunity to manipulate the discussion, perhaps in order to facilitate growth of a player or to send a message to that player, to inspire, to whatever, to to critique um, you know, productively uh, what a player is doing, any of those things. So that, that, you know, that's normal too. I always think about that. Two things stand out here right off the bat. You, you know, the takeaway is that, you know, Jordan Travis is not getting a lot of time in these scrimmages, but he did get some time in this scrimmage. And, of course, just like that, it was immediately felt. Like, you, you know, you're not shocked to find out that Jordan Travis was really good in this scrimmage and that um, when he gets an opportunity to run an offense that he is incredibly comfortable running, he's going to emerge as the star that he is. The star turn for Jordan Travis occurred a year ago when he went from a slightly above average quarterback in the ACC to an elite quarterback in the ACC, and one of the best starters at the position in the country. That's the kind of magnificent turnaround in Jordan Travis's career that we witnessed uh, in route to 10 wins last year. Uh, That turnaround almost single-handedly was the reason that Florida State was capable of once again getting back into very comfortable win totals and places we look to reside which is uh, a, a land of consistency and, uh, and wellness that sees you win 9, 10, 11 games in a season. We like to have those kinds of consistent seasons with the outlier being, hey, they're good enough to win a national championship. That's hard to do. Only one team can. There's a lot of teams play college football. Any given year, you might be one that has a shot at it, and that's kind of where we strive to be, to be one of the teams that has a shot at it any given year but to sustain levels of excellence in the interim. 
So last year, you finally kicked that door down, get to 10 wins. You're like, all right, all right. Okay, good. We're back in the neighborhood. We're comfortable living in. Everybody feels good about it. And the biggest reason was Jordan Travis. Lots of reasons, but the biggest reason was Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is now a senior. Jordan Travis has more weapons at his disposal now than he did a year ago, than he had at any point in his career. Jordan Travis now has an offensive line in front of him that isn't just a good starting five, but potentially there are, again, 12 fighting for five. You've got, if a starter has to sit out, and they do oftentimes for whatever reason, I don't know, soreness, slight, I don't know, calf strain, something, well, it doesn't mean that your entire offensive line then is in disarray because one starter is out. Not anymore. Florida State has the depth of a quality football program, a quality football team. So Jordan Travis is going to kick ass any chance they give him to kick ass. That is to say, if you put Jordan Travis out there with the ones, he's going to move the football. He understands the offense like the back of his hand. When we watch it at practice, it hums. It's just, and there's a world of difference between when Jordan Travis is running this offense and any of the other quarterbacks. So as long as Tate's been here, it still doesn't look the same. And of course it doesn't with a freshman, a true freshman like Brock Glenn. And it doesn't with A.J. Duffy, who's now only been here a year. When Jordan's running the show, it's something to watch. It's decision-making 101. It's perfect. Uh, they're just you, you just see it. You just think to yourself, man, look at this. That's the right place to go with the football. And he knew it pre-snap. Knew what the defense was giving him. Knew what to do. Executed it perfectly. Ball comes out on time. Ball comes out accurately. Whole lot of get you some. And it's glorious. It's glorious to watch. It's, it's to the point where it's so expected, it's boring. How about that? Isn't that great? You get to a place where your quarterback, it's like you think people in New England, I'm not saying, God, oh, I know, I know, I know, no, 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 I know. Settle down, Cameron. Jordan Travis is not Tom Brady. But my point is the same. Like after a while, once it was established that Tom Brady was really good at playing quarterback, do you think that New England fans watch practice reports? Like, hey, look at that. Tom Brady kicked ass yesterday. No, they just assume that Tom Brady kicked ass yesterday because that's what Tom Brady does. That's what all the good quarterbacks in the league do. They kick ass when they get a chance with their starters to go do what they do. But I am at that place with Jordan Travis. I am. I'd, I'm bored in a good way. It's the best possible way to be bored. It's like being bored in San Diego of 72-degree weather. I'm just walking around. Look at this. Another perfect day. How about that? It's perfect again today, Rob. It is, Jeff. You know we live in San Diego. I do. It'll be 72 tomorrow as well, Jeff. Yes. Yes, it will. How about that? After a while, Rob and Jeff start talking about something different. They're not going to talk about how it's 72 and perfect outside anymore. They're just going to assume that tomorrow they could be outside and it will be awfully pleasant. I do the same thing with Jordan Travis. I'm like, hey, there's Jordan Travis. He's dressed out. I bet he's going to have a good day. I bet he makes the right decisions and puts the ball on him. Ball comes out on time. Play breaks down. I bet you he makes a guy miss. Probably embarrasses somebody in the open field on his way to a 70-yard touchdown run. Kind of think that's just what he's going to do. 
I wouldn't even report on it anymore. I've been outvoted. I tell people on the staff at WarChant, we shouldn't talk about Jordan Travis anymore. It's boring. People are going to stop clicking it. They're not going to want to read about it anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jordan Travis whooped ass again today. Guy's got to write something different. Tired of this nonsense. But it's an awesome problem to have. So Jordan Travis did well. But the better story is not that that happened yet again, because it did. The better story is that Joshua Farmer continues to whoop ass. And this is a guy early in camp. Now, we've had a chance to talk with him post-practice. And they'll gather players for us to have. And it changes day to day. And oftentimes based around the player's performance. And Farmer's had a lot of good performances. He's a talented player. Iowa wrote, uh, Iowa, Ira, not Iowa, Ira wrote about it in his 10 big takeaways from the Florida State football second spring scrimmage. You can read the article, warchant.com. You should go read it. But the mention was that Joshua Farmer, um, you know, since he arrived, was a good prospect. That's true. I think all of us last year kind of thought, hey, man, that, that guy's got some, some talent. That's going to be interesting as he gets stronger, as he gets a little bit bigger, as these guys acclimate themselves. It's a big step up from being a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman in high school to college. Now you're always going against a big dude who's got good technique and good footwork and who can fight back. In high school, it's just not true. Most of the time these guys line up, if they're a really big man, they just dominate dudes across from them on the regular. They can't really be stopped. So it's a hell of an adjustment when you get to college and everybody's big and everybody's strong. And some of the guys have a distinct advantage on you because they've been here for two and three years, eating from the Bama table, presumably, lifting weights properly and with better equipment. And now you gotta now you gotta catch up. Now you got a long way to go. But I thought Farmer at times last year would have practices where he really flashed. And he had games last year where you would see, oh man. As rotational guys go, this guy's good. He's got a chance to be really good. So when you listen to Mike talk about Joshua Farmer being dominant in practice um, and, you know, the the understanding of what they're doing, the techniques, all of it, and he's really strong. And uh, I think the quote from Norvell was, he might be one of the strongest human beings we have on this team. Hand strength, power, punch. And he went on to say something that I think is also true. He's a fun player to watch. He went on to say it's a fun player to coach as well. I don't coach him. I just get to watch him. And when I watch him, I agree. He's fun to watch. He's good. And why is that important? Well, I have begun the process, and I've said it time and again to you guys, once we graduated from not being bad to being good and wanting to be great, the standard by which we day-to-day evaluate these players, compare and contrast this team to others who are in the category for which we're striving. That is greatness, domination, national championship contender. How close are we? Well, you got to have a dominant defensive line to be a national championship contender, I do believe, and you got to have, or at least the one that has the ability to dominate, and I think you have to have a really deep and talented, at times dominant, offensive line as well. So I no longer 
when we get these breakdowns and we hear about how good Jordan Travis is, I assume as much. That's great. I want to know how is the defensive line playing? How is the offensive line playing in a, in a game-like setting that we don't get to see? We see practice, and we see them, you know, they'll go 11-on-11. 11 11, they'll go good on good occasionally, and you'll get to see all of that. And that matters. That gives us context and ability to relay that information to you. But I want to know when it's a game and you've got refs out there calling holding and all the other stuff that happens, I want to know. How do they look? That's one of the first and most important things I look to. Not surprising to hear that yet again, Trey Benson and Lawrence Toafili are good. They got opportunities this go around in the scrimmage and they made the most of them because they're talented. You already know that Rodney Hill is talented. They've got a deep offensive backfield, just period, across the board. They really do. Something I didn't like, and I do, something I liked and something I didn't like. Uh, You get a veteran player like Akeem Dent. You have Shaheem Brown, who we expect to start. You know, to hear Adam Fuller say, quote, we've got to make more football plays back there. When the ball's in the air, we've got to make sure the ball ends up in our hands. We can be better at that spot at this point in the spring. We need more production at safety at this point of the spring. I don't question about their will, but it needs to happen like now. Well, that's a that's a challenge. That is a mandate. That is, we got to be better in the secondary, and he's right. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Adam Fuller this year. There's a lot of pressure on this defense this year with all that I've talked about with the offense being good and probably elite. Most Saturdays, this offense is going to be elite. I feel comfortable saying that. You're going to have a game or two where you have the requisite talent requisite talent on the defensive side to make that much more of a challenge. Obviously, when you play perhaps LSU or, or Clemson or a team like that, it, it's not going to be as free-flowing and easy to come by. But I think the offense most days is going to be the strength of this football team. I need the defense to take a big, big, big step forward. Until that happens... You will not be in the conversation for the college football playoff. And I think Adam Fuller probably recognizes, given the amount of athletes they have in that secondary, how much returning uh, talent is there, how good this defensive line should be. They got a chance to be really good. They could produce turnovers. They can create situations with high leverage opportunities. But they got, I mean, we haven't seen it, right? They got to do it. They didn't do it last year against the better offenses. It's a big deal. So that's the one area where we're going to continue to really closely monitor that coming out of spring. Do they get, you know, they only have a few more chances here. We'll be watching this the whole second half of spring here, the last uh, stretch of practices with this group. Do we feel good about them when spring ends? I don't know if the answer is going to be yes or no, and that's not the end of the world. It is just spring. We're working on a lot of fundamentals here. But, I do need to see evidence that there are four or five guys you feel very comfortable with at corner and safety. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Here goes out to all the babies, mamas. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Good Monday, everybody. Thanks for being here and listening to us. I appreciate you. (laughs) 
Jay Jackson writes, I love hearing about our awesome quarterback. We heard plenty about how bad Blackman was. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. And some of my referencing uh, of growing weary of hearing uh, more great and uh, wondrous descriptors of how much ass-kicking's going on from Jordan Travis and how boring it is now because it's a foregone conclusion was tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah, I got you. It's nice knowing you got that in your back pocket. It's easy. It's fun to, to kind of sit back and be like, all right, we know we got that. Hell, how many games last year were you watching that we thought, well, we were dead in the water if he doesn't make that play? I mean, that, the Florida game, sweet Jesus. We got T. Lizzie into the program. Not his fault. The internet, apparently nationwide, if you have uh, Hulu or what, Metronet, <laughs> you, were, you were screwed. I know that there's usually a little echo when we start the proceedings. Hopefully that's gone by now. But, uh, yeah, the funny thing was it's kind of uh, reflexive and reflective because Metronet sets up their phone system and their customer service portal and their website through their own Internet. Yeah, so, so nobody screwed. can get through to their services. And uh, a little Twitter search populated Indiana, Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, all over the country saying, the hell's wrong with you people? What's wrong? But we're back. We're good. Heard your thoughts on uh, the scrimmage and stuff. And I echo the sentiment with Josh Farmer. He is he is somebody who's going to be a lot of fun to watch that defensive interior. Well, he's good, man. He's a good player, and he's also fun to watch play because I think he likes to play. You know, that's an added bonus. I don't need that as long as you dominate. I don't care if you hate being out there as long as you dominate. But it's an added bonus when you do care to be out there because you have a lot of fun playing the game. I feel like uh, I feel like Fabo does that too. He likes to play the game. He likes to play football. Obviously, Verse likes to play football. It's such a tough game to play that if you don't have a passion for it and you're merely good at it, you can easily get burned out from it. Uh, so you have to, it does help to love the game of football in order to be good at it because it's damn hard. It's, uh, it's brutal. And, you know, you kind of you have to want to, you know, knock the hell out of somebody. You have to want to embrace all the stuff that makes you good at football because these are hard activities. And Farmer's one of the guys that does, but he's always smiling. He's always smiling. He always seems happy about it. And uh, I think he likes, too, Tom, that he's getting better. You know, when he gets asked about it, and it's evident when you watch these practices that he's having more consistent practices day to day, right? He's better each time or he's consistently good. You can tell that that makes him happy. He's, he's excited about being better. And that's cool, too, because that's infectious. Yeah, I think it's also infectious that, you know, he's got a relationship with Daryl Jackson. They played together and they're elevating each other's game. And and I think that's a good thing. It's something that, you know, maybe we could have had from the outset uh, if we recruited both of them from high school. Mm. But they're here now together for this key year for both of them. Daryl Jackson would figure to play more snaps, I would think, at this point. But I, I think we did a bold prediction thing last week on on maybe it was the smash. I forget. But uh, I said that my bold prediction is of the defensive interior linemen this year, it's going to be Josh Farmer that has the most tackles for loss this season. And the reason I think that is because he's going to be operating in one-on-one -on -one situations an awful lot more than most of his compatriots. And that is a scary proposition for opposing offenses. If somebody like Josh Farmer, who has quicks to go along with strength, is going to be in one-on-ones, that's really good news for us, that we're going to be in situations like that. And I look forward to it. Haven't seen it a whole bunch yet, and we can't really peek behind the curtain too much anyway. 
But when Adam Fuller talks about a multiple defensive tackle front, mm. I look forward to seeing what that looks like because you could categorize Dennis Briggs that way, and apparently he had a good uh, day on Saturday. You could categorize Josh Farmer as somebody who's still in between with his skill set. They're varied in the defensive interior. They got a bunch of different types of dudes. That could be a fun lineup just to throw out there as a wrinkle. I think it's interesting that you brought up Briggs because I think very quietly he's had a good camp and I believe he's going to have a very good season primarily because I think for the first time since the injury he's back at full strength healthy trusting explosive his body type is one of the best for the position that he plays on the team Uh, he's lean enough to be athletic he's got that caboose that I like that really is tough to move tough to unseat that's a big big guy and he's quick yeah. up top, and he's strong, and we know where this was headed before the cheap shot against Louisville. So you may have a secret weapon that everybody forgot about because along the way he played, but he he wasn't close to where he was pre-injury. And so people got used to watching him be just another guy when he played last year, but he's not just another guy. I think he's a really good player when he's right. I think he's going to play in the league. He's got the right body to play in the league for a long time. Yeah, he's got a chance to do that. I think, you know, sometimes we overvalue situations um, and and low-hanging fruit stats. Like, for example, Patrick Payton was somebody that was talked about more because of his ability as a quick-twitch athlete to get and to the quarterback. On third, yeah. to get to the quarterback and on third down. But that doesn't mean that you would roll him out there for three downs last year. So in, in a snap count sense, is he as important as some of the other guys? Maybe not last year. We look forward to seeing what he does in 2023. But I apply that to Dennis Briggs for this upcoming season because on third down, I think he's got to be on the field. I mean, that is somebody that you can line up. He knows each position on the defensive line. He's played them all. And when he's healthy, he can play every one of those at a pretty high level. So when it's third and passing, and that's the body that you could put out there between the guards, man, that just reminds me of the impact that a Demarcus Walker had here six, seven years ago Yeah, when you would line him up in the interior. Slide him inside, yeah. Is he as quick as Walker? No, but is he that type of athlete that is a problem matchup, especially when we know exactly what's coming, when you could pin your ears back? Absolutely. So I think Dennis Briggs is going to have some high splash play potential this year. I just wonder how often he's going to be out there downs one through three. Yeah, I just need him to be effective when he's out there, and I think he has a very specific role to play. He he can be more multidimensional than people would give him credit for. I do believe that, too, as you were describing Uh, I'm not here to suggest that he's going to lead the team in tackles or sacks or anything like that. I just think when he plays, he's going to be a very effective player for you. You know, um, some of that, you go back and you think about how we all are always enamored with the pass rushers. Anybody that gets home, anybody sacks quarterbacks, that's who we hyper-focus on. And yet, Keir Thomas was every bit as dominant uh, when he was out there for what he was being asked to do. Keir Thomas was maybe better, frankly. Uh, If you talk to certain people and the metrics they use, they think Keir Thomas was better. Yet more consistent. Yes. There's no yes. It, yeah. it, the motor was more consistent. Nobody wants to say that about Jermaine Johnson. Look, Jermaine had a high motor, but there were times when he and part of it is you're on the field for so many plays. Yeah, and he was a warrior and he wanted to stay out there. Yes. But if you're talking about consistently playing and play out, here was really, really important for that defensive line. He was and awesome. Yeah, I think the consistency factor was higher than Jermaine was. Yeah, and so to me, this is how it happens, right, with guys. Nobody's going to be flashier than Verse. Verse is going to – if he's Verse is healthy, he's going to have plays where we go, whoo, man. Yep. You know, yep. but there are guys that are just lock-solid consistent. 
doing what they're supposed to do. And that could be a stymie. That could be it. That could just be, you know, don't let this guy get to your linebackers. That you let yeah. you know that that that's you know, don't let you set the edge. Just do that. Yeah, the things I saw from Peyton specifically last year that got me excited. There was a play in the Louisville game because we were kind of thin, obviously, as we were that that stretch of the year. And then later in the year where he has an instinct kind of like Bjorn Werner did, where if he can sniff something out to the oh, perimeter. Warner, man, Warner was the best at it. He'll go out and make the play there. And I've seen that a couple of times from Peyton this camp and some of the situational drills. But overall, last week, uh, Thursday specifically, Peyton was very, very impressive. If it wasn't for Jordan Travis being a magician and just having that internal clock, which is another new skill that's developing and refining for Jordan. I mean, Peyton might have had three or four sacks in that in that particular practice. Uh, he's been consistently one of the guys that's got the mean streak on the defensive line. Like, whereas Jared Verse just talks and talks, Patrick Payton is kind of like Julian Armello, where they'll scrap a little bit after the play, so he's got a little enforcer to him. But then he's also got the football sense to go make a play in the perimeter and see what an offense is trying to do to him, which tells me that up here, I mean, he's processing information really quickly. So I'm excited to see what he can be because I think Payton could potentially be more than just a third-down specialist. He's starting to get a little bit larger as well. But as we go through this list, man, we're getting to six names yeah. and seven yeah, names yeah, yeah. and eight names. And I think that's the greater point that we keep coming back to is it might be a different guy every week, but who cares if you've got enough guys? David asked a question in the chat, and I want to answer it in a bunch of different ways. I like this. Was Adam Fuller's comments about the secondary slash safeties a challenge to the players or to the new coach? It's the players. The, the coach has his respect. They've known each other. The coach has already proven himself on a lot of levels. It's not that. If anything, though, I do think it's a recognition that the defense is the key to the season, Tom. The defense yep. is the key to the season, and everybody on that defensive staff has to understand that. I'm sure they're well aware. They see this offense every day in practice. They know what Jordan Travis is. They see the myriad options at tight end the loaded offensive backfield. You got four or five guys that on a given Saturday can carry the rock and dominate running the football. You've got versatility uh, in most every room on the offensive side of the ball. Now, you know, again, I would hesitate to have to play a backup quarterback right now, but, hell, that's most teams. So the bottom line is the offense is going to be a pretty dominant unit week to week. If the defense can be good, I don't think the defense has to be great. It'd be awesome. If the defense somehow was great, now you're starting to talk about changing the goals, maybe moving the goalposts. Now you're talking about trying to win a national championship. Yeah, if the defense is great, now you're talking about you could win a national championship. But I don't go into this season expecting to win a national championship. That would be a, an ancillary benefit of a very surprising set of things that occurred. But I do think they should be really good, as in they can win the ACC, I do think it's double-digit wins guaranteed. If not, it'll be a disappointing season. They go 9-3, and three, that's disappointing, period. So, to me, the expectations are high, just not national championship high, but I do think in order for that to happen and for us to get to that place, this defense, Adam Fuller, that staff, those players have got to take a big step forward, and I think they're capable now that they got better players, they have more depth. Uh, there may be a couple more things that I want to see happen here real soon in particular in the linebacking room, but I, I think that um, they're getting closer. They're getting closer. I'm glad that we circled back to that because I, I know of some of the plays uh, that Adam Fuller is referencing specifically. A couple of them happened Thursday. 
it's, you know, they're, they're in situational 11 on 11. This is full go. It's not a first down drill or third down drill. If you, if you get a first down, it moves the chains and you're trying to score. There is a ball that Akeem Dent's wearing number one now. It's no longer McClellan, and it's, it's Akeem Dent wearing number one. I mean, the ball splits the one on his jersey, and it hits the ground somehow. Got to catch it. It's about finishing the plays. Like, son, you have arms, and you do have hands as well. And so, therefore, if the ball is going to hit you, maybe you could put those arms and hands in the way of the ball so that we secure the football. It's about finishing the play. And that's not the only play that was like that that I've seen so far in camp. There have been several really key opportunities for the first team or second team and third on defense in which you can take the ball away. You are in position. You've done everything right. Finish the damn play. It's kind of like the clips that D-Rob put together last fall with Wake. You're there. You've done the hard part. Now finish the freaking play. Well, reward yourself. And I think that's what he's speaking to with the safety specifically. Yeah, reward yourself, man. It's hard to be in the proper place in the coverage. Uh, it's it's difficult. Offense, as they say, you know, certainly knows where they're going. And yet, there you are. You make that play. You read it well. You blanket it. You got to make a play. The Masters is this week. Betting favorites, real value. Well, obviously, any discussion of a favorite has to do with Scotty Scheffler. But I've got some thoughts as well. And then, of course, revisit a couple of those things from the baseball team. Some more assessment there and football. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.